Hey everybody, a quick note from our friends over at Severn Films before we start about one of their upcoming collections of weird-ass movies. Pop Matters calls him, quote, an unheralded auteur misunderstood by a critical community unable to appreciate his genius. Now, Severn Films presents the incredibly strange films of Ray Dennis Steckler, a 20-film collection on 10 discs, including The Thrill Killers, Wild Guitar, and of course, The Incredibly Strange Creatures Who Stopped Living and Became Mixed Up Zombies, plus over 30 hours of special features, a 100-page book, and more. Find it over at SeverinFilms.com. Very good, Eric. I like I like that ad read. That was good. Um, I had energy. I, Did you feel the energy? I had energy. I felt the energy. I, I felt it uh, flowing through me. In fact. When I start talking about the films of Ray Dennis Steckler, you know, I can't. Well, you can't I had that me. Vespi chakra, and once it opens, you know, there's there's no denying it. But uh, while we're here, I also have to tell you about our benevolent corporate overlords at uh, Fangoria, who are yes providing us with a new ad read sometime soon but uh maybe this is the last one the last time you're gonna uh hear this one i don't know the headline on the the memo for that will be please stop calling us your benevolent overlords i am (laughs) i am still reading an ad read from december of 2020 but uh (laughs) but uh here here's how it goes in 1979 the first issue of fangoria was released into the world it's been over 40 years and they are better than ever each issue bringing you 100 pages of exclusive carefully curated content honoring horrors past present and future these articles and interviews will never be published online so the only way to read them is by getting your hands on a physical collectible copy of your own we can't give anything away because we want the experience to be a surprise but we can safely say that you do not want to miss a single page so head over to fangoria.com right now to learn more and to you know subscribe and while you're there make sure to enter the promo code kingcast to save 25 percent off your annual subscription thank you and with all that said on with the show oh girl My name is Stephen King. The ice is gonna break! Bad rub! Bad rub! Thurgood! You guys wanna go see a dead body? Well, sometimes, that is better. Hello and welcome back to the KingCast on the Fangoria Podcast Network. My name's Scott Wampler. And I'm Eric Vespi. And we are your hosts. We have a very interesting episode of the show for you this week, folks. It's uh, it's something of an experiment. In fact, a little a little format swerve we've been wanting to try out for a while. We're like accumulative, what like three hundred episodes into this thing. We gotta we gotta keep it fresh. <laughs> so, uh, we what what we kind of been wanting to do was uh, find a non horror person who's never seen some of the biggest scariest king titles get them to watch it and then hear about their experience afterwards hopefully while they're still uh, cowering in fear traumatized uh, to, yes you're trying trying to be gentle about it but we, we want them to be traumatized yes or maybe entirely bored you know that's part of the experiment <laughs> uh so to execute this mission we have enlisted uh, a few friends of ours the three founders and ceos of the worldgirls.com all of whom also co-host a podcast together by the name of bitch out of water a show they describe as sexy mr rogers meets a jackass which i mean 
that that really does sound like precisely the sort of hijinks a sizable percent of Jabbar audience uh, would enjoy learning more about. With all of that said, please welcome to the KingCast stage horror superfan Darina, casual horror fan Roxy Stryer, and horror uh, hater and possibly scaredy cat Steph Sabra to the KingCast stage. How are you ladies all doing today? Hey, hola, hola. So good to be here with my people <laughs> and scaredy cat Steph. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, Dorina, you, you and I have known each other for, for a while, uh, run into each other at, you know, uh, screenings are fantastic best and such. The best um, best. Yeah, it really, are you coming in this year? Uh, I'm not cause I'm going to, uh, EDM festival in San Francisco. So blame the chemical know. brothers. <laughs> <laughs> as good a reason as any, uh, rocks and Steph, I am, I am largely unfamiliar with you, but any friend of Dorina's is a friend of ours. And uh, we're really excited to dig into it chapter one with you and find out the results of the experiment. Uh, before we get to that, though, um, tell us a little bit about uh, Bitch Out of Water. It's It sounds awesome. Um, what, what can you tell the listeners about it? Well, okay. Bitch Out of Water is a podcast that we started <laughs> for all the times that you feel like a fish out of water, and it can be a real bitch. It's yes. all different experiences that we've had, that we've gone through, that we've given a world per se, and we want to talk to people about it. We just did an episode on high conflict people where we d- brought in a, an expert psychologist, Dr. Drea, to teach us about how to deal with high conflict people. We've also talked about being mixed, dating an addict, all different things that, you know, can be a bitch. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the whole point of the World Girls is that we literally give things a whirl. Roxy came up with the concept uh, a couple years ago, and it's a little startup that could that survived uh, start beginning uh, literally when the pandemic began. Uh-huh. So we're very thankful to our audience that we've made it this far, and we're we're just trying to spread a little joy in uh, the crazy world that we live in. And uh, we're giving all kinds of things a world, including uh, making Steph watch horror movies and taking her to Halloween Horror Nights and uh, <laughs> you know, th- things like that. Things things that uh, give her pain, but give me joy because she's a good friend. Uh, <laughs> but so uh, see, it's tr- <laughs> truly. Uh, but uh, but yeah, no. And Bitch Out of Water is just a, the, you know, the other kind of B-sides of the World Girls uh, where we're talking about our life experiences. So I talk about uh, having a husband and a boyfriend, which really weirds people out. Like, you know, we talk about polyamory. Um, uh, Steph and Roxy, you know, dated addicts. So they talk about that. So in a more comedic way we talk about like grieving and and roxy being part of the dead parents club for example so things like that my favorite club yes <laughs> wait what is the, is the dead parents club exactly what i think it is um it's yeah you know it's very exclusive and there's only one mm-hmm. way in it's to have a dead parent <laughs> so if you want to join you know the price is pretty high but we'd be Ooh. willing to accept Ooh, any got, and everyone I, I, is I it just a one or can you this I get a membership into this, yeah. Oh, oh! Congratulations! You're yeah. a member of the DPC, and you didn't even know. Wow. No, yeah, it's. I, I never got my membership card. Uh, oh. I think it's probably because it was my my biological father who has died, and I never. I like. I last time I met him was when I was six weeks old. So mm, I think it still so, counts. It must have gotten yeah. lost in the mail. I'll, I'll check right. in with our VP about that. You know, just <laughs> yeah, make sure just, just make sure, yeah. make sure, because I got a space in my wallet. I've been saving for for oh, a, good, a prime good. membership card. <laughs> But you can get into the club with just the one dead parent. Yeah, yeah. You, if you are two dead parents, then you get president status. You know, you be you're on the executive nice. board. So I'm not on nice. the executive board as of this moment. I'll keep y'all posted though. So like Bruce Wayne is fucking killing it over crushing, there. Crushing, <laughs> crushing. <laughs> <Yeah>. Love it. <laughs> ah, dead parents. We are laughing. Yeah. What's, uh, 
<laughs> what's the uh, what, what would you consider the the strangest thing that you have experienced doing the show thus far, or the most unexpected, or you know, you know what I'm getting at here. Well, we just made Steph do something that made her vomit a couple of times. She's also fainted before. Steph, you care to share any of your worst experiences? Oh, my God. See, I'm laughing, but is this really fun? You know, everything that we do, it's it's a laugh and cry. No, it's always fun, except for this last one I absolutely hated. It's this thing. This is actually an exclusive. No one knows this yet. We ate chapolinas, which are grasshoppers, mm-hmm. and it was... It's the whole body, you know, like that was the part that really got me like you're eating this whole entire little body in your mouth. And like, it's just with, but these two are masochists and loved it. <laughs> she kept I, hanging. I also grew up eating like in Mexico, you grew up eating bugs like it's just that you make tacos out of it. So uh, Roxy uh, and Steph had never experienced that. And Roxy ended up you kind of liked it. You didn't like how the it made your stomach feel, but you liked the taste, right? Yeah, salty and satisfying. I was super into it, but Steph just kept looking and saying, it's the whole corpse. The whole whole corpse. corpse. (laughs) The whole corpse. Would you guys eat bugs? I've eaten grasshoppers before, of course. Yeah, like the, uh, what's it, is it fried crickets is like a southern thing. You can just find them at gas stations and shit and like little, they look like the little packages you'd get like candy hearts in in, uh, during like Valentine's Day, but they're just filled with fried crickets well I those are a, like the lollipop versions i think that they put <laughs> they actually put a cricket right. or a scorpion inside the lollipop like we ate it as oh, like because it's a delicacy in mexico well they, they serve them cooked next to like a, a mezcal drink or things like that well sure. darina you might be able to eat grasshoppers but you cannot eat sushi one time we did mukbang where we tried to eat 100 pieces of sushi and darina was the first to tap out so oh, yeah. shame on her you yeah. know she's an insect eater oh yeah darina i'd be there with you i but i i can't handle seafood i just don't like seafood and, and if it's raw then like i'm not not even going anywhere near it so sushi is delicious you're out of your mind oh, i agree completely though? Have what you ever seen people? all the little fucking worms and shit that come out of raw fish? No, thank you. I'm uh, coming, I'm from, a hor- coming from a horror guy. Th- like I was just thinking when you guys were talking, I'm like, these are Darina's people. Wow. Like I can't wait to meet you guys in person because <laughs> horror people, while I've grown such a deep love and respect, y'all are so crazy. <laughs> like y'all are the craziest <laughs> yeah. sector True. of people. <laughs> True. Well, we I think we respond to extremes. Is the yeah, thing. it's beautiful. And and I think a lot of horror fans are like that. They're all, I mean, there, there's some degree of weirdo going on across the board. You know, that's just a fundamental thing. You know, everyone's weird in their own ways. We yes. just and want then, to feel something. <laughs> yeah. And then it's just like a, a gradient of like, well, and also how like, how how many risks are you taking on top of this? You know, and a lot of horror fans are just lunatics in the best way. I will put it that way, yeah. you know, uh, uh, constantly, constantly challenging themselves. And if that sometimes means to eat some crickets, well, that's what you're going to do. <laughs> Definitely lunatic and crazy are considered compliments here at the world. Yeah. World. Like they're yes. just, those are the nicest things you could be called. If anybody ever said to me, she's a lunatic or she's nuts, I would say thank you so much on my headstone when I die. I really appreciate your time. I, I, host, I hosted a screening of uh, – like an early screening of Uncut Gems with the Softies in uh, Say it right with the Softies, 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 Softies uh, at um, 
at the draft house and uh after the movie like you know pulling them out for the q a i was like all right let's bring these two lunatics out here and uh which seemed like a perfectly reasonable thing to say in the wake of that highly stressful and entertaining movie uh and they did not like that <laughs> they oh. did not like being called <laughs> lunatics uh, how they did were you just know like, they didn't hey. like it they were like, don't call us lunatics. And I was oh. like, no, you know, like in a fun way. And they just kind of like looked at me and I was like, right on. We're going to move past that now. That, that's in the that's in the past. We well, won't go back to I like to them less point. after that story. Genuinely like them less. That's so weird. It just hit them in a weird way, I huh. guess. Or maybe they were fucking with me. Who knows? Yeah. You know? That's well, a you good did, test you, to know I mean, if they're one of us. You, you, did like, preface, you, you said that they were lunatics, but you also called them child rapists, too. So. Well, <laughs> oh, yeah, so I, I had had a kind of left that out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that might have been what, what did it. But, of course, none of that is true about the, about the boys. Uh, we love the boys, and uh, I can't wait to see whatever they do next. Please don't get mad at me again. Um, okay, so uh, a question we ask all of our guests uh, on this show is what their Stephen King origin story is. Um, you are all varying degrees of, of horror fans. So I imagine that your answers will be wildly different here, but when did you first become aware of King as, you know, this presence in pop culture? I'll start with, uh, Darina. Makes sense. Uh, since I, you know, worship that man and, and the genre. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, he was definitely w- one of my first memories as a kid. Um, because, I have an old, much older brother and my mom and I, we, we used to watch, um, I used to watch movies that were not meant for kids with them. So, so I used to watch everything from Alien uh, to like, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street and, and things like that, which is why I'm such a normal adult because uh, I watched Alien at five. Uh, but uh, one of the movies, two of the movies that we saw that was Stand By Me, which I obviously grew up loving, and then The Shining. Uh, and... So I was aware that of the name, even though I hadn't read his books when I was a kid. And the thing that freaked me out the most that I saw of his when I was a child with my family was the It miniseries, which obviously <laughs> yes. is not as scary now. Uh, but I was born in 82. So, you know, what, when, when did that come out? 1990? I was like eight. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, Tim Curry was, um, I worship that man as well. And sure. uh, I was so freaked out by the clown freaking out the kids, you know, especially the little girl in her bathroom. And uh, it was pretty freaky to watch that as an as an eight year old. I remember hiding like behind my, uh, you know, in the couch, like next to my my family, like freaking out. And I'm like, now that I think about it, I'm like, they were cool that they let me watch that. I don't right. get why people don't let kids watch that. Uh, so, yeah, I, I was aware that this was Stephen King's it. And then eventually when I. Uh, got to uh, adolescence, I, I ended up reading his books and I loved, you know, Salem's Lot is one of my favorites of his, if not my favorite. So I, I got really obsessed with him and and um, and started reading his books and and then obviously tried to like backtrack and, and watch the movies that I missed, like uh, Carrie and then obviously being a John Carpenter fan, Christine, et cetera, et cetera. So, right, right. so yeah, right I've been on. following him for a long time now. Nice. Right on. Uh, Roxy, how about you? I was watching Stephen King things far before having any idea who he was. I think that growing up, similar to D, I love Stand By Me. Um, I love Shawshank. I love The Green Mile. Secret Window was I had a true obsession with, although we'll just brush right past that for now. And it wasn't <laughs> until 
I was a little older when Under the Dome came out on TV and I had more of an awareness of IMDb and how to figure out who was working on things and had the patience to sit through the credits of something that I really figured out who (laughs) Stephen King was and and what he had done and how much work he had done. But I'm also um, illiterate by choice. I'm not actually (laughs) illiterate, but I do not read, mostly because I'm a TV junkie, so who has time for books? And so that definitely uh, is a problem in my love for Stephen King that I am unwilling to pick up anything with words on it. (laughs) Fair fair enough. There there is a, you might like this, there is a a pop-up picture book of, uh, I know this sounds like I'm being uh, condescending, but it absolutely is not. It does not sound that Um, way. But there is a uh, pop-up book they released, I don't know, 15 years ago of uh, The Girl Who Loved Tom Gordon, which is... Uh, a story about a little girl like lost in the woods and she's being hunted by something that might be a bear, might not be, might be something supernatural. And uh, uh, so there you go. There, there, that, that just popped into mind whenever you mentioned. Can I tell you something? Here's the truth. I love picture books. All (laughs) books should be picture books. The fact that they stop taking pictures and and putting them in books at a certain age is unreasonable. Yes, I agree. I agree. Um, by the way, Roxy, your, your voice is incredible. Uh, I just wanted to pay you that compliment. Love, love your voice. Isn't Um, it great? It is very refreshing. I sound like a prepubescent boy who smoked too many cigarettes. And part (laughs) of that is true. So, you know, we'll just ride with it. That's well, I, I, all my friends are prepubescent boys who smoke like chimneys. (laughs) So, so that makes sense. Uh, why I'm responding to it. Uh, Steph, uh, this brings us to you last, but certainly not least. Oh, um, the scaredy cat of the group, perhaps. <laughs> um, when did you first become traumatized by Stephen King? Well, it all began uh, less than 24 hours ago. I was sitting <laughs> in a room filled with which I thought were my ally- allies, but later soon found out that they were my enemies when I watched it for the first time. But I grew up seeing the books, his books all the time. And I, and I, ca- I never picked them up for some stupid reason, actually probably smart in hindsight. Cause I don't think I'd be able to handle it. But I remember thinking like, what a goddamn legend that his name is bigger than the title of the book <laughs> right. on every single book. Like, you have to be such a G for everyone to be like, Oh, it's, this is Stephen King book. I don't even need to know the title. I'm about to buy this bestseller, bestseller, bestseller. So I haven't read the books, but I knew he, I, I feel like you can't be in the industry and not know the name Stephen King, but I have not paid him the credit in which I believe his legendariness is owed, but maybe because he scares the shit out of me. <laughs> right, do, do you get, a- do you get freaked out reading stuff or, or is there, it, it, I found that there's two things that happen. Either people are more scared with uh, reading horror than they are watching a horror movie, or it's the opposite where they can, you know, that the horror movie watching a visual and hearing the sound and, and all that is really what gets them versus the ideas that are put forth. Like, do you get freaked out reading scary things? So I think the quote that Bane says is something like, I was born in the darkness. I feel like I was born afraid. Like everything makes me afraid. Doesn't matter how it's ingested, I will be afraid. It's so both. You merely adopted the fear. (laughs) Because I was theorizing that maybe it's possible that you could read King and, and, you know, not have the same visceral scared you know scared of nature uh, uh of watching a movie which are designed to like make you jump and and you know 
put you on edge versus a book. It's something you're into, which could also make you more vulnerable. That's why I was asking. Yeah. Maybe that'll be our second experiment with you guys. (laughs) We'll try out a point. Cause, cause Steph, you say that, I mean, as we were watching the movie yesterday and we'll talk about all of the reactions, uh, you said that it's mostly because you don't like being surprised. And so obviously (laughs) jump scares in horror movies are your worst nightmare. But if you're reading a book, you can close it and put it in the freezer like Joey from Friends. (laughs) I'll try that. But yeah, that's exactly it, you guys. Like, I don't like not knowing what's going to happen. And that's what horror is to me. (laughs) But you also you also don't know what's going to happen in a lot of movies. That's- I guess there's no there's no chance for jump scares in like fucking Steel Magnolias or Home Alone <laughs> or some you know some you know totally a non horror movie but uh, but now you know. you're you're hoping that logic has anything to do with this and it doesn't <laughs> well as a rule I try to but I I understand how the world works so <laughs> and how our brains work so um, I mean look guys I gotta know, I, I gotta I gotta interrupt for to tell you a little story about uh, the World Girls at Delusion. Uh, hmm. which is a uh, amazing haunted house play that they do in Los Angeles. Uh, if you talk to your LA horror fans, they will definitely know what, what I'm talking about. It's better than Halloween Horror Nights, etc. cetera. Uh, and uh, the scene in It at the beginning where Georgie eats shit as he's running in the... Uh, uh, he's running in the rain mm-hmm, and, yeah. he, and he hits his head in the construction thingy. Oh, yeah. Uh, so that oh. was Steph at Delusion because she was so scared. She literally like ran into a wall. And fell backwards. <laughs> no, it wasn't a wall. See, they keep trying to gaslight me. It was the door <laughs> it lowered. It was a moving car. <laughs> it was, yeah, what? The door did not lower, bro. You ran into the door frame straight on. She says that it moved. It's a wooden frame. It was <laughs> incredible. Another thing to know about Steph, ask Steph where she slept last night because she was too afraid to go home. Oh, no. Where did you sleep last night? My enemy's couch. The girl who just talked. That's where I slept. (laughs) (laughs) So do you, do you like, if, if you're home alone and you happen to, maybe you're flipping through the channels and you see something spooky, like, are you flipping on all the lights? Like, what level of scaredy cat are we talking about? That's exactly what I'm doing. I'm flipping on. on all the lights and I'm saying, I'm like... I'm not a smart type of scared either. I'll, if I hear a noise, <laughs> I'll go silent and then look in the direction of the noise and then just stay looking in the direction of the noise for about like 30 seconds and check if I see the noise again. And then I'll call someone because I'm like, mm-hmm. just making sure like if I die right now, just be on the phone with me. And that's usually how it goes until I forget or I like put on Rick and Morty or something like that. I believe I believe that is the recommended uh, process for dealing with, say, a home intruder or something uh, is to just look in the direction of the noise and remain motionless and then maybe phone a friend. I feel like you have a true phobia, Steph. You have a phobia of horror movies. It's not that they're they just scare you. It's an irrational fear of horror. That They could happen to me at any time. I believe anything is possible. That's the problem. So anything I see in horror or fantasy, whatever it is, I'm like, oh, yeah, definitely. This clown can come from the sewer and bite off my arm. Like, wow, I've got to be safe. That's mm-hmm. why last night you kept asking us, what do you think is the age range of kids? <laughs> like, how old is the oldest that the clown could come get? Because you're, <laughs> you're thinking about this in a, in a phobia kind of way. 
when you look at it from the right angle, isn't like 27 years old kind of a kid? Yeah, you know, exactly. Like, no, you're, you're cut off at like 18, I would imagine. Phew. But like those irrational fears, that shit is is for real. I um I don't I have no idea if I ever mentioned this on the show before, but I uh, was very close friends with a guy, like my best friend growing up. Um, eventually he was dating this uh, woman who was hyper terrified of like anything, any scary movies or anything like that. And uh, one time, I think I think he either showed her part of the It miniseries or she just saw a picture of the cover box or something and it just like fucked her all up. Right. And so one day uh, they're at home and uh, she went to um, she went to do something in the garage and claimed that like came screaming back into the house and claimed that she saw Pennywise in the sewer across the street. And my my buddy's like, okay, um, it probably wasn't Pennywise in (laughs) That you saw in the sewer and she was like, I swear, like could not be talked down off of this ledge until she convinced him to go outside and like, like poke a broom in there to make sure that like fucking Pennywise isn't in there. As if like, if Pennywise actually was in there, he'd be intimidated by a broom handle, you know, (laughs) like fucking, but you know, when you're, when you're legitimately scared like that, there's no, there is no like reasoning with it. You know, it's it's like trying to reason with depression or anxiety. Yeah. It's just, it doesn't work like that, you know. So, yeah, I mean, like when we were at Halloween Horror Nights at Universal Studios, uh, obviously the people scaring, they're scare actors. They're literally hired and paid to do a job to scare the, the consumer <laughs> that, you know, and, and Steph just kept running away from this man in a chainsaw or running away from this man in a wolf costume. Uh, and, and there was no logic to that. We're like, they're not going to do anything to you. They can't touch you. And she would just, we would have to go run and find her because she would get lost in the theme park. So <laughs> no one Hiding told in me a they parked it. <laughs> They no one told me they target runners. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, that's the good stuff. You don't want to. You don't want to target a guy and like, you know, with a bum leg or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? You gotta. You gotta go for someone who looks like they can hoof it down the like the little scare areas that they have out there. Steph was yeah, a yeah. one athlete. She can book it too. Like this girl can <laughs> run. You guys should hear her scream as well. Like she, she will yell at anything. One time we gave making bottle rockets a whirl, and when it mm. finally launched, the way she screamed was as if Michael Myers was behind us. Like surprise! <laughs> it was surprise. I didn't think we could get it up. Were you unfamiliar? familiar with how fireworks worked before this this process it's like every day i feel like it's my first day on this earth you know like everything (laughs) unfolds in a new way that i didn't think was possible and i should have been ready for it but yet again i'm not and then i have but the cool thing about it (laughs) me complimenting myself i do it anyways you know what i mean like i decided that i can't live my life like that so even though i'm uncomfortable at least i make my friends happy right you really do stuff you make like i was just i mean roxy saw me i was so happy last night watching her watch it and and even though halfway through the movie i felt kind of like i was torturing my friend she's still she's still finished you know i'm I'm very proud of you steph yeah respect for that um, what, what's the what was the the worst part for you? Was it the Nebolt House? I have to imagine the Nebolt House is probably when uh, things really ratcheted up for you. Yeah, I mean, it's not when things started to because I think the opening <laughs> scene when this child's arm got bit off was uh-huh. I didn't know that it it or Pennywise could 
form his mouth like that so (laughs) that was completely new and then i was like okay now we're getting into fantastical elements and i really have to buckle up but then the house when like every door was just hell Uh i I didn't know what to do it's just like pure discomfort i was sweating bullets i i think i forgot to breathe a few times but yeah that house no i'd like to loop back very quickly to this notion that you had about um you know not knowing that pennywise could do that with his jaw yeah uh what that mouth do and you also um didn't didn't consider the possibility that he might be ripping children's arms off which no. sort of begs the question, how did you, before you saw this, how did you think Pennywise went about murdering people? Like, <laughs> oh. it wasn't with a gun. She did <laughs> not know. I know that Steph did not know that Pennywise was murdering people because I did something incredibly rude to her before we started, which was she was nervous about Pennywise. And I said, you don't know that he's the bad guy. You know, some clowns are good clowns. <laughs> <laughs> and so such Steph- a troll. Steph thought, I think that Steph thought the clown might be an okay guy until the arm incident. Steph? Well, because every villain needs a backstory, right? And sometimes we, <laughs> sometimes we don't that This is his gentle origin in a sewer. <laughs> no, I really, for a second, I was like, is misunderstood. You have no idea. Homelessness is a huge crisis we're facing. Like, we don't know the circumstances for which this clown, he, like, kids could have been mean to him. I thought that. <laughs> So even when the so Roxy took it a step further to being the biggest dick, and she was like, uh, "He this guy chops his or bites this kid's arm off," and she goes, "That kid could have done something to him before that we we might not have seen that scene yet." And I was like, "Really? Like that looks pretty like an innocent child going." But you know, that six year old was a was yeah, a serial killer. You just didn't know it. He's a piece of work. I thought that. If Pennywise was a villain, that maybe he would pull the leg of the kid through the sewer into it and then just like regular murder, you know? Oh, yeah. Regular murder. <laughs> like strangle like him to death by yeah. his leg. Yeah, yeah. Just drag him through the water until he drowns. Like something normal, right? The yeah. way she looked at me when Pennywise ate the kid's arm and said, You lied to me. Incredible. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that the betrayal. betrayal. I didn't the know betrayal. he was a cannibal. <laughs> well, not well, really cannibal. He's not, he's he's not human. Yeah, yeah, it's not even a he, actually. It's a yeah, that's true. So we, we actually talked about yeah. uh, the whole concept of Pennywise and it, after, and the entity of it after mm. the movie. But throughout the movie, Steph was, you know, asking all these questions. You know, uh, does, does the clown have a gang of child zombies uh you know is the clown mm. a gang what? leader right like right. she was really trying a to gang leader. <laughs> you guys, you're missing the point he, he, he <laughs> was a true gang leader organized crime and he had a whole army of zombie children right mm. that was I forgot the best part. This is the best part. When when we find all the kids, she said, Oh my god, they're all still alive. <laughs> okay so steph like yeah what other what other horror movies have you seen that featured sort of an iconic villain like a freddy krueger a Voorhees, a xenomorph a pennywise you've you've seen it now but what what else do you have to compare pennywise to 
based on your experience. I definitely think I saw that Kruger guy, right? He comes in your dreams. Yes, that's true. That's something he does. So yeah, knife, knife fingers, knife. T- yeah, knife yeah. Hands. Tell me if I'm wrong or not. But there was like, I felt like that was similar blood vibes. I don't. I know there might be a, a word for that, but the way the blood was gushing out of bodies felt similar to the mm. Kruger movie. Oh uh, well, that could be true. Me There's trying to form my connection. What on. I'm trying to get at is how you're, how you are now personally ranking Pennywise okay. against other like iconic horror villains you well, may have encountered right because steph you you know she sadly uh steph had not seen any of the uh john carpenter halloween the original mm. halloween and yeah. we w- the world girls do movie reviews sometimes so we went to see halloween kills which she ended up hating we both ended up hating actually for different reasons me for, <laughs> evil for dies movie. tonight yeah, yeah evil dies tonight and the movie did not want to die uh, so so you are at least somewhat familiar with michael myers and scream uh, d we made her watch scream exactly ghostface scream yeah yeah exactly. so which she I, did like the, the I, recent scream yeah i did like the newest scream i think that pennywise is actually one of the and i mean this in a good way worst best villains ever because mm. he actually like has purpose if that makes sense like i don't love when i i get why other people might love to see a killer kill and like like the love the gore and whatever but i like at the end of the day he was like proving a point he's like you can beat me if you're not scared of me you little bitches but like you gotta do that <laughs> and like that makes me respect him or respect them <laughs> Pennywise, it, 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 respect it. it. it literally, literally, it. Yeah. It. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so, you did, you, yeah. Steph. You did uh, actually like when and felt when Richie said, "And now I'm going to have to kill this fucking clown." Right? You, that mm-hmm. you found that very relatable. I thought that was really inspiring, actually. I, I really, <laughs> and then D said, "Now every time you're going to like accomplish something, you can say like, let 'Let's fucking kill this clown.'" And I was like, "Let's fucking kill this clown." <laughs> you know, yeah, I'm surprised I, that's, that's a mo- not a more popular reaction image on twitter just like re- like any quote tweeting you know just terrible tweets with i'm gonna kill this fucking clown actually i do know why that's probably get you booted off twitter um <laughs> yeah you didn't, the, the didn't think that through didn't yeah. think that through when i started talking but that's okay that's okay <laughs> Stop, what, what about the part where when uh he kills his little brother finally and you thought that the little brother was still alive and he just <laughs> shot his brother dead that was amazing too <laughs> how are you how are you not gonna double check <laughs> <laughs> so good you you never know. We didn't know how many days. Ha- Actually, I guess they did give us some time, but you don't. Yeah, it had know. been like it had been a, a summer or so. Like, <laughs> yeah, he would have been having to eat something down in the sewer. Or she right. thought you know. he was dead ass alive. She, she kept being like, "Oh my god, he's still there. This man has no arm. He is like a <laughs> He can't move or speak." And she was like, "How could he shoot his brother?" Incredible. <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine if they'd actually pulled that, <laughs> that yeah the thing where it's like oh no that was really georgie he had been scrounging and surviving for months in the sewer and then his brother kills him because <laughs> he thinks he's a pennywise illusion that's what i thought happened eating half-eaten <laughs> hot dogs that had just like fallen down a drain or something in his little rain slicker with no arm. little pieces of uh, betty ripscomb or whatever yeah <laughs> Shoes. I was born in the sewers, <laughs> but uh, adopted the dog. But, but Steph, you bring up something that I think is really interesting about horror in general, and that you know, one of the things I like about horror is is that it's a safe place to confront fears, and that's one of the reasons why it is one of my favorite 
uh, books. It's one of my favorite King adaptations. It's because I just love that the whole concept of it is confronting your fear uh, in a in a safe way. And and there's a, a quick story that I'll throw in here is that like uh, I have uh, I, I have a print of Poltergeist that I have uh, that I screened for a bunch of people, but I screened it as a secret screening and people didn't know. And, and people asked if they could bring their kids. And I said, well, the movie's rated PG, you know, I'll tell you that much. And uh, one of the, my friends who has kids that brought, brought them to this thing, they're very terrified of, of horror. Um, and they said that there's a, you know, there's a, a clown doll that's very famous in Poltergeist that does some nasty stuff. And uh, love that guy. And, but you know, the little boy that it, it kind of, uh, torments, like has a moment where he just fights back against it and like tears out the stuffing and, you know, and all that. And, and it, he kind of wins that. And my friend came up to me after that screening and said, like, listen, like, yeah, my, my kid was really afraid of, of the movie, but like, there was something that changed in him that he noticed, like something clicked in his mind when he saw that scene of the, the boy fighting back and suddenly he wasn't scared anymore, you know? So it's this weird way of like confronting terrors and insecurities and stuff. So, so I'm, I'm really happy to hear that, uh, that the, the, uh, now I'm, I got to kill this fucking clown, <laughs> uh, <laughs> moment resonated with you. Cause that, that's what that reminds me of. Definitely. I, I think that the idea, it's funny because we saw Marcel the shell, which the movie, which is a complete opposite genre and movie than this, <laughs> but it dealt with elements of fear and overcoming fear and it's so cool to see when you watch a horror when i watch horror films there are certain ones where i'm like that was such a dope way even though it wasn't that enjoyable for me (laughs) it was such a (laughs) magical way to show that theme that I, i i'm starting to see the the beauty in horror through Darina because I like in the, the more people that I meet who watch horror, I told Darina, it was like, we were driving like a month, like a few months ago. And I was like, I kept meeting more and more people in the space who like love horror, watch horror. And it's like a tight knit community. I didn't even know about. And I said, Darina, people who watch horror are really fucking cool. And she goes, Steph, I've been trying to tell you this. Like we <laughs> we like see the beauty in the darkness. And I was like, yeah, I get it now. <laughs> I've been trying. Yes. And now now you're kind of getting it, even though you did suffer last night uh through it. But uh but then once because you know, the world girls, we get silly, but we also like to get deep and talk about life and also get a little high and and get philosophical. And so yeah, word, I mean word, word. and the, the whole thing about us. Yeah, lettuce, devil's lettuce. Uh, the whole thing about it, though, is is not just what uh, Eric was saying uh, about conquering your fears, but also the whole point is that this entity kind of manipulates the people in this town to not just do evil things, but, uh, you know, be bystanders and not help people. And, right. and, and so I feel like that's obviously a, a huge a theme in our world currently, and it always has been, as uh, most of Stephen King's themes are. Uh, so, uh, so I think that that's the type of stuff that Steph, you do appreciate of, about these movies, even though they scare the crap out of you. Was it scarier than you expected or was it about what you were expecting from the experience? Yes, it was way scarier than expected because I don't know why I still choose to trust people, even though the world has shown me time and time again, I shouldn't because Jarena was like, it's not that scary. And and thank God for Roxy, who finally stepped in and was like, D, I actually think this is a really scary movie. <laughs> and so I was a little bit prepared, but not fully prepared. And I had grown up hearing about it, like it, the clown. That's why I thought it 
Pennywise was named it. And, but it was honestly scary every moment for me. Like, I don't think there was one moment where I felt peace. I think actually about a halfway through, I, I looked at Darina and I said, when will I know peace again? Because I haven't felt it since this movie started. <laughs> That's right. I did write a collection of a few quotes of Steph saying things throughout the movie. And, and one of them Ooh. was, can I have peace? Uh, the other one was with Beverly. Hasn't she had enough? Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and then at some point, at some point with Pennywise, what's his backstory, though? Uh, and then at the end of the movie, she just said that was truly exhausting. <laughs> Five stars. <laughs> they, they were all talking. Uh, all. I'm acting like it's a party. Roxy and Darina were talking. At, we were actually all talking after the movie and like exploring some of its concepts, digesting it all. And I was so exhausted. Like, you know, I don't know if you guys can empathize with this when you cry so hard that you have to sleep because you just are so tired. Right. Right. I midway somewhere through our conversation fell asleep. And then when I woke up, Darina was gone and the lights were off. And I just like went into my slumber. <laughs> I was so tired. Don't worry. I tucked you in. I, I do have a question for you guys about this movie, though, because there was mm. one part that none of the three of us seemed to be able to fully answer. Mm. And it's when Ben kisses Beverly and she kind of comes back to life after floating. Right. And and Steph said to me, what's happening? And I said, true love's kiss. You know, it's a princess story, which mm-hmm. obviously it's not. What's actually happening there? Well, well, the first thing that she says when she comes out of it is she realizes that he's the one that wrote the poem to her and not Bill. Right. So I think you're you're right on. I think that was the intent is that that uh, true love's kiss. Would, but there's something that happens in that relationship that actually I really like. Uh, and, you know, I was the fat kid that had crushes on the the girls that like liked me, but also all, you know, like me as a person, you know, friend zoned or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, but always had the crush on the, the hot kid or whatever in, in the group. Um, so I, I was re- actually really impressed how much they played up that third wheel aspect in that in that relationship in this movie. And uh, uh, but he does get that one moment there where he's the one that wakes her up out of the the trance is it a step too far it's a little bit but i mean all that that whole subplot is added for the movie that wasn't something in the book she was never taken and separated from the group like that so um that's interesting yeah Yeah, in fact when eric uh eric visited the set like you know while it was in production i was not invited unfortunately still bitter about it not not holding a grudge it's fine it's fine it's fine it's fine fine but um <laughs> he uh he came back and he was like, like reporting back from the set and he's like well first of all uh they don't do the thing with the scrapbook now it's like a it's like a slideshow thing that they're projecting on a, a screen in the garage in the in, in the mini series and in the book they look through a scrapbook from Derry and pennywise like reaches his hand through it as they're you know looking at it way less explosive than the the version of it they do in uh it chapter one yeah and I was like, I don't know if I like that. I liked it when I saw it in action, but uh, didn't. I was, you know, kind of being a little bitch about like, yeah, they changed it. And then he's like, <laughs> he was like, but uh, here's the other thing that's, you know, I'm really not sure about this is, uh, you know, Bev gets kidnapped by Pennywise and then the guy's got to go save her. And I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. You know, because Bev's like one of the stronger characters in the in that losers club. Right. Oh, for sure. You know, so to, to sort of turn her into a damsel in distress role was just like, this is a f- 
fucking insult and an offense <laughs> that I will not abide. You know, I was so mad when I heard that. <laughs> it's uh, I still don't love it, but you you can kind of go along with it because of how they handled it in the movie. And uh, I would also like to add on top of that, that if I were Bev, like, look, I know. Well, I mean, I, I can't put myself uh, behind the eyes of like a 13 year old girl, but I do know that Ben seems cooler than Bill. Bill just seems like a fucking wet blanket to me, like in every <laughs> version of this story. You know, he's like the leader of the group, but like I've never seen a version of Bill. And I also don't think that the book really nails him as like, how do I put this? He's not that charismatic. I just he's not know. the River Phoenix in the Stand by Me right role. right yeah yeah, yeah. That, that makes sense yeah it's it's interesting how that that does happen in fiction a lot though where uh, we were just talking about things like Sex in the City it's like the main character is either annoying or not as cool uh, and you end up liking the uh, secondary characters more right. right yeah one of those sort of things. I'm having a uh, lot of flashbacks right now, and I need to tell you guys another amazing thing that Steph did, which is when <laughs> at the, I'm talking about maybe five minutes left in the movie, maybe 10, Steph mm. screamed, go get him, Beth. And I said, <laughs> <laughs> I said, who is Beth? <laughs> <laughs> thought that that was Bev's name. It was incredible. Oh, it's like that dude on Twitter that thought Neo from the Matrix was named Neil. He's so good. <laughs> Get oh, him, Beth. Funny. Go, Beth. Go. <laughs> so, but beyond the uh, the trauma that you may have experienced watching this stuff, did you feel? Uh, did you enjoy the filmmaking of it? Did you think it was a well made movie? Oh yeah, I that. That's always something that you can't deny, even if it's you're not having like cotton candy, rainbow sunshine time. It is <laughs> it is such a well shot and made movie. The music rocks, the actors rock. Like li- the I love the way that they made little kids normal. Like, and I right. mean, like they cuss and they're annoying and they're question each other and they're going through shit. And I I like some of the comedic lines were truly fucking hilarious like i thought it was there's so many moments where i was like i would watch a show except like now that they got rid of this clown i would watch a show featuring these kids just doing (laughs) life shit together so it's it's a really really good movie looks wise and everything like i think like if i knew anyone who was a horror fan i would be like okay you obviously should see this well, that and that you bring up something interesting there because I think the reason why like it chapter two doesn't really work as well and in most of the adult stuff in the book is my least favorite um, is because of this dynamic with the kids and I you know one thing that I think we can unquestionably or, or all agree on at the very least uh, that they do well in this movie is they cast those kids you know and it's particularly Finn Wolfhard as Richie and uh, Jack Dylan Grazer as Eddie. Oh, my you know, favorite Eddie. Uh, legend you know i think that i think <laughs> yeah, without i mean everybody's good everybody's good in, in in that friend group and i think sophia lillis is probably the best actor out of everybody in there definitely you know but but uh in terms of like just propelling the movie it's richie and eddie and, and it's those two characters um and, and it's, you know and it, I, I think, i'm sorry go ahead Eric. i was gonna say and i think today we got word that like that dairy prequel series is going where it's going to be like the the horrors of dairy you know in years past and and like I think that it's kind of missing the point. The reason why it works is because of those kids. It's not because of right. Pennywise or the horrors of the town. Like that just add 
adds on to it. It's, you care about it because you care about those kids. It's the reason why it's my favorite book uh, of Stephen King book is because I feel like those are my friends. You know, that I, I just relate to that friend group. And so. you can relate. And like, it's, it's funny because Roxy yesterday, uh, I still waiting for her dissertation on, uh, she basically ended up uh, grouping us with each of the characters. She said, I mm. was Beverly. She said that Steph was Eddie and, and Roxy was Richie. Uh, so I'm, I'm still waiting to see why, but it is true. I mean, I think you can kind of find yourself being one of the the members of the Losers Club, whether totally. you, even though you're yeah. an adult, right? Like you can totally relate to these characters for sure. Uh, and and even though I worship Tim Curry, I still think Bill Skarsgård did a pretty good job as Pennywise. Oh yeah, two I mean, very two, different performances. Yeah, yes. it's almost apples and oranges. Yes. Uh, so did it leave you with any interest whatsoever in seeing the sequel? Wow, it's a great question. Uh, my mind hasn't gone there yet. I can't believe I finished the first one. It's like finishing <laughs> a 25-mile hike sure. and being like, I don't need a hike ever again. I did that one. <laughs> but what about Everest? Uh, yeah, it's like, do I need to do that, though? Does my ego need to be to say I climbed Everest? I'll t- I- well, I'll tell you something. I think the second one is way less scary. Than the first, and I'm being legit about that. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not really a fan of the second one. I've tried so many gods. I've I've watched it like half a dozen tra- times, trying to trick myself into into liking it, and I just I can't get past the structure of it or how you know the the really funny moments in the first. It felt earned and organic to me, um, and were great for like alleviating that audience stress of the pure terror of the rest of it. Right. And it seemed like somewhere along the line, the the wrong lesson was learned from that. So there's moments in the second one where they like really dial up the zaniness and it just absolutely does not work. And you're like, what the fuck are they doing right now? (laughs) And to me, the only explanation is, well, you saw how the audience has reacted to the first one. Remember when the, the new kids on the block thing happened and everyone loved that, you know? So this time let's put a, an insane needle drop into the middle of a scene that would otherwise be horrifying uh, and let it run for about 30 seconds. You know, yeah. it's just so fucking it, it feels mismanaged in a way that the first one uh, just didn't. And I think that it be feeling less scary is a is a result of that. Yeah, you, well, more mo budget, more money, uh, more executive in- intrusion. Next, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I think that it's it's like the more that I think about the movie, the more that I think it it does rock in in terms of what it's supposed to do. At least in my mind, it personified fear, and then for someone like me who's afraid of things, it's like it shows you that you create kind of how you react to the fears you've decided are things that make you scared. And then you have to overcome it. And it's like, did I not learn the lesson of the movie? Because I'm still like don't want to overcome it. But I did for that short period. <laughs> right. You fucking killed the clown. Yeah. That, killed that fucking yeah. clown. The other scary scene, the one that made me really jump was the projector scene. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I thought that was so well done. Yeah. That, that was, was the uh, video one of the I that... sent uh, to oh, Eric yeah. and Scott. That was a, uh, I sent Steph's video reaction. We'll, we'll post it at some point. Uh, but yeah, that was, <laughs> I was waiting for that. Cause that actually uh, made me jump in the theater. Is it yeah, when he, definitely when he not pops right. out of the wall or is it like yeah. when the, the reveal like happens with him and the mom's hair or whatever? No, it was. Well, she was already getting creeped out 
throughout the reveal of the mom's hair. But then when he jumps out of the wall, that's when Steph literally brought her arms up like she was some scared little <laughs> rodent animal. It was amazing. <laughs> Uh, what was your overall scariest moment of the movie stuff? The I, one that the, was there any ever a point where you thought about tapping out? Honestly, the whole thing I kind of thought about, do I have to finish this? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to honestly answer that question. Sure. I, I think that one of the scariest parts, because I think I was learning the rules of how Pennywise navigates was when the bullies were chasing the kid mm. and then the bully got taken by what yeah. looked right. to me like child zombies. Right. And then I was like, okay, so not only are we running from Pennywise, but we're running from bullies who are psycho. No place is safe. And then the, like that impending feeling of no place is safe really sunk in. So maybe mm. that part. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Uh, now, the thing about Pennywise and what makes Pennywise as an entity scary is that he takes or it takes the form of anything, everything that you're afraid of. And and you see that in the final fight, like every time it's fighting with one of the different losers, it swaps to a different form to try to intimidate them. Like uh, and so you get like that mummy with Ben and you get Bev's dad, you know, and you like all that stuff happens. If you were fighting it, like what form would it take for you, Steph? Oh, man. Um, there's so since you much. seem to be scared of a lot of things, I'm really curious what would you narrow <laughs> what's your number one thing? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I really the thought of strangulation or chainsaws mm. or the hair in the drain, bro. Uh-huh. Oh, that I don't put my hands in sinks ever, so that's <laughs> that actually I'm gonna change my answer. The scene with Bev in the bathroom. <laughs> Right. That was the scariest, grossest scene by far to me. Like things coming out of the sinkhole like that. Mm. Roxy, that- you hated that too, right? Yeah, I think that that was gnarly. That was disgusting. <laughs> but you guys know I'm a liquid germaphobe. So mm. the thing that freaked me out the most was the gray water. Like in the entire right. movie, the thing that I was like, ugh, was any time they were in the water and they referred to it as gray water. I was like, no, no, uh-huh. I'm done. <laughs> uh, uh, Roxy, what would your what would Taxes. your what would Pennywise uh, take? <laughs> Taxes? Yeah. Is that what you said? Yeah. The form of a government. Uh, An IRS yeah. audit. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think any embodiment of liquid germs or death, like some some kind of making me drink out of a drink that somebody else had drank out of. Nope, I would die on the spot. Mm. Uh, or anything that looked like death. <laughs> backwash is your backwash. Pennywise. <laughs> no, backwash is my Pennywise. That's the truth. And here's what happened. You don't even talk to me about Emma in fourth grade with her uh, blue Gatorade and red Doritos and it becoming purple when she drank from it after oh, eating the no. Doritos. That's my Pennywise. I'll never forget <laughs> it. It changed my whole life. Get oh, your God. shit together, Emily. Get, it, get it together. Good yeah. lord. How about yours, Darina? Um, how about authoritarianism? <laughs> okay. Uh and <laughs> so uh Pennywise would take the form of 
uh, fascism just in general. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like maybe, maybe, yeah. uh, yeah, like Some literally. Proud boys, so, so, maybe. The, the yeah. LAPD, you know, uh, yeah. just, half of yeah. the Supreme yeah, Court. The LAPD, you know, yeah. a tiki torch. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now LA... Scott would be a, the spider, of course. Oh right? yeah, dude. I don't fuck with. I don't. We don't need to talk about spiders, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, spiders freak you out. Oh yeah, I'm deathly afraid Specifically of Specifically spiders. <clears throat> I find something very alien about spiders. I've I've talked about this many times on the show. So pardon pardon my redundancy, listeners, but the they look like something that should not reasonably exist to me. You <laughs> so, know, and so a giraffe looks like something should, that should not exist, but it, a giraffe doesn't have like eight eyeballs and fang. It just looks like a fucking right. stretched out horse. You know, that's fine. You know, <laughs> so it's, so it's kind of how I feel about snakes. Mm. Okay, right on. Snakes, yeah, snakes is a common phobia. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, they don't they don't have shoulders. First of all, I mean, they're just <laughs> that's why, true. They shouldn't no be able to bone. move. No <laughs> eyebrows. Yeah. It no. just immediately made my brain go like my brain. <laughs> The machinery in my brain just thunked into motion and conjured an image of a snake with shoulders. <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out, do do we think spiders have shoulders? Like, I kind of think they have mad shoulders. Yeah, they've got a eight lot. of them. Too, maybe shoulders. too many shoulders. But those are their legs, not <laughs> At their least arms. Eight. So well, are where there the, shoulders where, okay, but, their legs? Where the legs connect to the, the thorax, that I would call the shoulders. I am not a scientist. Not the hip? <laughs> no. Because mm, it's not like a ball joint, right? That's kind of hidden. It's yeah, I get it. I I, I kind of understand the the logic there. I I don't know if scientifically it holds up, but I understand oh, the yeah. logic. We'll get yelled at for somebody for me saying that. But, mm. um, those are the shoulders, and I can confirm that here today. Yet another Kingcast <laughs> exclusive. It is a spider's <laughs> shoulders. shoulders. What is yours, Bespy? Have you mentioned this before? Uh, I think maybe we we t- covered this once. Like, I, I don't really have a like. I don't like snakes, but I'm not like deathly afraid of them. It's not like if I saw one in my house, I would like jump up on a table and couldn't touch it. You know what I mean? It's like I'd be like, oh, don't want to fuck with that thing. But um, it would have to be something a little bit more emotional. Like if like if Pennywise wanted to fuck me up, he would take the like. Uh, it, he would convince me that like one of my nephews, he had killed one of my nephews or something and took their like mutilated form. You know what I mean? It's like, it, it, it would be a psychological thing, you know, like I think it's a boring, it's not as, as fun of an answer as, <laughs> as a spider or even uh, uh, Emily's backwash, but, um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it would be something like that. And it's a little bit like um, how he, to to your point, Bev is a very strong character, and it's shown in the movie. You mean Beth? She's a strong character. Yeah, Beth. Okay, just making sure. Be- Bethurly, <laughs> Bethurly is a very strong character. Um, uh, where what she's scared of is her her father, right? right. So he he takes more of a psychological approach with her versus like the mummy for Ben or you know whatnot. So, um, it, it would be something like that. Like if he took like my my you know fourteen year old nephew's fucking visage or like my mom or something and and you know did something you know really fucking crazy and scary with that 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 would be what would get me hmm. like taken is not your jam or would you taken go, like you would, <laughs> you'd get liam neeson on on pennywise you'd be like listen pennywise oh yeah no you, you take take my daughter <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have Liam Neeson's phone number. <laughs> Most of y'all have all these abstract answers, and I'm just like, a spider. <laughs> no, I get the that. Fascism. The pursuit of happiness. Man. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> my my exact Pennywise scene, would, have you seen the movie Enemy with Jake Gyllenhaal? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, so yeah. 
if Pennywise appeared to me, it would be the exact final scene of Enemy, except they don't look like Jake Gyllenhaal. But I would <laughs> when he opens it. the door and there's a yeah 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 yeah. Um, if you've not, yeah. If you've not seen Enemy, it ends on a very shocking uh, uh, shot involving a sizable spider. I'll, I'll just say that. <laughs> and um, the first time. <laughs> I love that movie to death, but the first time I saw it, I stood up off my couch and shrieked like a cheerleader uh, <laughs> at, the, at the television. I was just not having it. <laughs> and, uh, so, um, Scott, were yeah. you scared? So I actually, for the longest time, being scared of snakes, I literally like Indiana Jones. I could not watch m- most of like Raiders of the Lost Ark, <laughs> even mm-hmm. though I love uh-huh. the movie. So did you not, were you not able to watch Arachnophobia when you were a kid? Uh, I did watch Arachnophobia when I was a kid. Um I found it very scary. I I rewatched it since. I, I rewatched it not long ago, actually. Um, I think it's more skin crawling than scary. Mm. It's, you know, spiders on film don't fuck me up the way that uh, seeing a spider in real life would. And I've, like, tried to get over that. In fact... You know, I used to I used to have a podcast that's kind of similar to what y'all are doing called Trying Times. And it was me and my co-host, Katie Schultz, and she and I would go out and do intentionally stupid things or things we had never done before or whatever. And then we would come back and report back on them. Right. So we went to like a furry dance party. We would fucking, you know, we um, uh, went to a monster truck rally. uh, And at one point, uh we did an episode where we were trying to conquer our fears. And so she's terrified of Ouija boards. Um, that is like any amount of that sort of supernatural shit. She's just out on. So Steph she wouldn't sat- do that. I get it. Nope. Yeah. She sat for, so she sat for that. And then after that, we went to, um, there's a, uh, sizable, uh, insect, uh, sort of store slash, come in and look at the fucking all the weird shit we got in boxes over here kind of place. And uh, so I went over there and let tarantulas crawl on my arms uh, like up and down to, you know, to conquer my fear. And uh, it was not pleasant. It was highly unpleasant. Didn't love that. But also like not terribly a big deal, but it did not cure my fear um, Mm. because I will (laughs) still see like if I see the occasional spider in my house or something, I react to it as though, you know, like, uh, a dead body has just showed up in the room, you know, and I've, I've got to do get rid of this thing quickly. You know, it's just uh, <laughs> didn't really help. Didn't conquer the fear. So, uh, you know, well, spiders won eventually. Wow. Well, good to know your weaknesses. Always yeah, good to yeah, know yeah, your yeah. friend's weaknesses. <laughs> <laughs> you come at me with a fucking, my wife fucking hides fake spiders around the house sometimes. Dude, no. oh, Jill. dude around Halloween, she does it. Stop it. Oh, <laughs> And uh, like I'm used to it now, but the first couple of years, it was just like you got to fucking stop it with this shit. <laughs> they're like big ones, and they would be like in the in the like pan- like in the cupboard of the pantry or something, you know, where I'd have to like open a door, and then it would be like positioned right there in front of my face. Uh-huh. No, you know? very diabolical shit. Not not the not usually my wife's mo, but she was uh, surprisingly effective in her war on me with the fake spiders. She just went up so much. She. She was. She already sounded cool, and now she sounds the coolest. <laughs> well, I didn't enjoy it. <laughs> so um, this is usually the point. Well, actually, do you have any uh, final thoughts on on your experience with it, Steph? Mm. Wow, uh, 
I'm still trying to get a hold of how I feel about the entire experience. I mm-hmm. definitely enjoyed talking to you guys about it more than I did watching the movie. <laughs> sure. But I, okay, here's a good positive thought. I really, really respect this movie. Mm. <laughs> and that's how I feel about it. That's a good way of putting it. You know, <laughs> if it had an effect, it had an effect. You know, but yeah, probably won't be seeing it again. Perhaps could be convinced to see the second one now, knowing that it's not as scary. But I am glad that I watched this one uh, for at least the reason to say that I did. Yeah. And Stephen King is a legend. I can now say I've watched <laughs> something that I'm like, yeah, I, I get it. I get it. This guy has a has quite the mind. Now you should read and watch Pet Cemetery. Totally chill. I was chill. just gonna fucking suggest. <laughs> <laughs> totally chill. You'll love it. Yeah. Which nice little family drama. Though? Which version? Oh, the the Mary Lambert original, yeah. of course. Oh, okay, okay. No question. Yeah. We don't we don't make eye contact with. Any other versions. <laughs> no, didn't enjoy any of the new one. Well, it's it's fine. I just the Lambert runs so like untouchable, like, right? You know, and I respect that they tried to like switch it up a bit by you know. Turning the daughter into the, uh, well, I don't want to spoil anything, but like sw- swapping the um, the purpose of the character from Gage to the daughter. Mm-hmm. I thought, if you know what I mean, I thought yeah. that was uh, interesting, but ultimately, kind of a hollow decision that didn't. It just didn't work as amount well. to anything. Yeah, yeah, and it you know if if you do a. T- First of all, if they had left that out of the trailers, I think the movie would have been more effective because it would have been a real switcheroo in the moment, right. you know, if you're familiar with that property. But yeah, it was just kind of like, okay, well, then that's what they're doing and let's see what they do with yeah. it. And they didn't really do anything with it. So it just felt like, yeah, this is a perfectly well-made, serviceable version of Pet Cemetery, but we already got the, 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 good, one. the good shit. So Yeah, I get it. The only reason we, I enjoyed the new one was because I saw it at a Beyond Fest screening, and mm-hmm. the guy behind me, when it ended, basically said, why did I just watch that and walked away? Like, he was so <laughs> upset at how scared he was. Not the fact that the movie was bad, but he was just right. not having it. And I just, that's what makes horror movies for me. Uh, right. When you actually, like, go with an audience, it's the most fun. They, yeah, they do du- they do double down on a really dark dour ending, which is which is something to appreciate. They they go even true. a step further that is true. further than than the original. So that sounds I will like give my props hell. for that. Yes. If, <laughs> if this movie didn't have the happy ending, I would have been very upset with all of you. Well, I'll tell you what: if if you will commit to watching Mary Lambert's Pet Cemetery at some point up the road. You know, not anytime soon. You need to okay. recover yeah, yeah. from, you know, your it chapter one. Y- you know, we, we need to figure out how to do uh, that live commentary thing where people can actually hear the movie. Yes. Uh, I think that's the the way we do it. We get you guys back and we'll do like a live commentary where Steph is watching the Mary Lambert Pet Cemetery for the first time. <laughs> sounds fun. It sounds wait fun for you- me. Don't know about Steph, but I think Roxy and I would be down. Yeah. And just wait till you meet a lovely character by the name of Zelda. You're going to love her. Uh, it's just that movie is just overflowing (laughs) with fun moments uh, family fun moments you know see this Uh, is what this is the biggest takeaway I'll tell you oh you're right yes from the entire experience the more I get to know you two and Darina it's that the way you get high off of the fear of others (laughs) is something 
truly special. <laughs> so it is. I've never okay, seen it. But Steph, don't leave Roxy out of this because last night <laughs> oh, yes, Roxy I was actually, um, I, I said when Steph went to the bathroom, I said she was not doing well. And I actually felt started feeling a little bad because we were almost done with the movie. And I was mm-hmm. like, it's okay. You don't need to pause it. And Roxy's like, no, we need to pause it. <laughs> like Roxy kept making sure that Steph watched this whole movie, and then like, and every like time she's gonna take forever in the bathroom to try to avoid watching the movie. Like I thought she was gonna be sneaky about it, so I. <laughs> so you weren't being thoughtful. You were being proactive in case she was trying to cheat. Yeah, yes. I thought she was cheating. Yes. No, no, no. Not to my be clear, walk. to be clear, this had nothing to do with her being a generous or considerate person, and everything to do with how she wanted me to not. Suffer. Miss a single second. Mm. Yes. <laughs> yep. One time I grabbed her ankle during the movie. That was the best part. She screamed oh my so God. loud. It was great. Really good. Can't no. wait for that tech, you guys. Can't wait to watch with you. That's what friends are for, isn't it? You know, at the end of <laughs> yeah, the day. No, but it's like if you have a friend with a really good sense of humor, you definitely, and that that's a good laugher, you want to watch a comedy with them, right? So it's the same thing yeah. if, if a friend who's scared of horror movies, that's the fun part. It's the audience interaction. It's you getting to see somebody react. Because I'm a very internal person. Like I'm, you know, I don't sit there watching movies and go, oh my God, yeah. You know, I'm not, I'm not the guy cheering when, you know, when, uh, uh, you know, the, the portals open up in Avengers Endgame and everybody comes streaming out. You know, it's like, <laughs> like, I wish I was more that person, but I'm more of an internal viewer. So I'm not the fun person to watch a movie with, but, you know, Steph, you are a fun person, it seems like, to watch a, a scary movie with because we want to see people, you know, react. We want to hear, hear that stuff. in real yeah. time. Yeah. For, for sure. The screaming. The screaming. The laughing, the crying, whatever it is. The friends we made along the way. (laughs) (laughs) So this is usually the point in our show where we uh, allow our guests to pitch whatever they're working on, wherever they can be found, whatever they got coming up next that they might want to tease. Ladies, take it away. Well, we're the World Girls. We give everything a whirl. You can see what we're giving a whirl on theworldgirls.com or youtube.com slash theworldgirls. We have that new podcast, Bitch Out of Water. For every time you felt like a fish out of water, it can be a real bitch. Everything drops on Wednesdays, World Girl Wednesdays. We also go live Wednesday and Sunday nights to our YouTube. So pretty much we got you covered across the board. Make sure that you're you're checking us out and at the World Girls on social media, except on Instagram. We're at World Girls WAP because you can't forget the wet ass P word, you know? Of course. What's that? What's that P word? Yeah, Pethany. Yeah, Pennywise. It stands for Pennywise. Exactly. Wet ass Pennywise. That's the new name of my cooch. Thank you all. Yeah, yeah. Pennywise dropping that macaroni in a pot remix. Yes. Well, this was this was great. Uh, I think the experiment was a success, uh, and I think that everyone here would agree. Ladies, we will be back in touch in the future. I want to do this again. And uh, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you, you guys. are the best. Thank you so even, much. Even though oh, now course. the world girls are no longer because Steph has chosen to leave us after <laughs> last night. <laughs> She's quit. Well, you'll get through it. Yeah, that's what they say. Many thanks to the World Girls for that particularly entertaining episode. If you like yes. what you heard, and you damn well better have because it was fun as hell, uh, make sure to check out their podcast, Bitch Out of Water, uh, for more of that, uh, I don't know, shenanigans seems like the, the wrong word, but it's appropriate. It, it's the wrong word and the right word at the same time. Perhaps. 
Hijinks, uh, yes. Shenan- that, that's a little bit more professional. Yeah, well, shenanigans tend to be more planned, whereas hijinks, I feel, are more uh, spontaneous. You're right. Let's for uh, the moment. These ladies, right. I love these ladies. They they killed it on this particular show, uh, especially I want to give a shout out to uh, our friend Arena, who who brought this to our attention. And uh, her and the ladies like really killed it. We didn't know if this was going to work, but I think it did. Right. Yeah, it was fun. And we finally got to talk about Andy Muschietti's at chapter one in more than just passing detail, which was nice. Yes. I enjoyed it. I think everybody else listening to this uh, did as well. And uh, before you run off to your little vacation you're about to take, I think we should tell everybody about what's coming up. Tell them. (laughs) I'm not scared. (laughs) Not scared. All right, I'll start. Let's do the Patreon episode this Friday. We are back with a commentary for our top tier Patreon subscribers. Those are those in the Heil Gunslinger tier. Yes. Uh, Exclusive commentary for the film 1408. With me, Mr. Wampler, and our friend David Ehrlich, who is the head critic over at IndieWire. And it's really funny if you know Ehrlich's work, because we're taking somebody who, uh, let's say, he's more in the uh, I'm going to Cannes and covering the Toronto Film Festival kind of of, uh, critic. And we have him talking about what's essentially like the B-side to like... uh, the shining like the the corporate studio version of of a haunted hotel thing yeah we uh, we we wanted him originally for a more prestigious title but then he was like no i want to do 14 away and the reasoning he he gives like very solid reasoning for that uh-huh. on this commentary like right off the bat that i couldn't argue with um, yeah for sure and he he had only seen the movie once prior to this but he also kind of nailed it and I, I I feel like we had a very, very fun time. Yes. And make sure to sign up to patreon.com slash the Kingcast uh, to listen to that and a bunch of other shit we still we have over there backlogged if you've never signed up. Indeed. And in the main feed next week, we have what may be my personal choice for the funniest episode of this show we've ever recorded. <laughs> like you will I- hear a Wampler wheeze. I was I was so I was laughing so fucking hard during this thing. He is the director of a number of things. He has a new thing coming out on a streaming service. We're doing uh, Children of the Corn four. Uh, the Gathering. Finish the, the Gathering. Title. Really, really upsetting title. Not good <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination. But by the end of this, you will have heard us tune up on this movie. Like, uh, um, you know, like a pinata and uh, a lot of ob- observations are made. We we I, I think we completely covered this title. The episode itself is longer than 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 the movie, <laughs> uh-huh. uh, but it is hysterically funny, uh, assuming you have the same sense of humor that I do, which is, uh, you know, not a safe bet. But um Holy Christ, did I have a good time with this one. It is just mad entertaining. You know, maybe we'll dive back into, you know, something a little more analytical, but we're in a we're in a summer mindset right now. Are we not, <laughs> yes. Eric? We're we're yeah. having a good time over here. Yeah, summer fun days. That's that's what we're we're yeah. all about right now. So yeah, that's what's going on. I think that about does it. So we'll talk to everybody later. We will see you next week for Children of the Corn Part Four in the main feed. Yes. Uh, 
I know that the title might not be attractive, but as Scott said, the episode is like up there with some of the funniest shit that we've uh, experienced while doing this podcast. So <laughs> highly recommend tuning into that if you want to laugh. And then this Friday on our Patreon, we have our commentary for 1408 with Mr. David Ehrlich. No further notes. Uh, I am going on vacation immediately. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> Bye. The KingCast is a Fangoria podcast production. The show is produced, hosted, and created by Eric Vespi, that's me, and Scott Wampler. Tira Andley and Abby Goel are executive producers. Daniel Danger is our art director. And editing is done by yours truly. <laughs>